the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It is Monday night here in San Diego. Kind of gloomy San Diego today. It off and on most of the day anyway it was today. It kind of fit my mood. You know, talking about dynamite <clears throat> and explosions. I've been kind of cranky all weekend coming into today. Uh, thank you for joining me here. And um, always an honor, like I say, every week to share this time with you. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm on Facebook. You can like my fan page. I hate calling it that. It sounds so like whatever. Um, but I've got amazing friends also on my profile Facebook page. Join them there. It is explosive over there with all my peeps. Some of who aren't my peeps anymore. Seems like I've run them off. I tell you, I've not run off, apparently. It's Paul, who's joining me in the studio tonight. You are stuck with me for the next hour. <laughs> I am also glad to be stuck with for the next hour, none other than... After the Brussels attack, after what happened in Pakistan, I am so excited. And what happened on Good Friday with the priest, God rest his blessed soul. I am so excited to have on the show tonight, none other than probably the all-time fan favorite of the Andrea K. Show, Bridget Gabriel, who's here uh, from Act for America. I'm also going to be talking about, <clears throat> got a frog in my throat. I'm going to be talking about a story I didn't want to talk about. One of the reasons why I'm fired up coming into tonight's show is because I did not want to talk about this story. I avoided it. I ended last Tuesday's show by talking about when the, uh, when Wifegate first started by saying this person saying this about a wife and this about Melania and this about Heidi. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't. Why are we going there? And you know what? It's just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse and worse since last Tuesday. I avoided talking about the story. I posed a little question of it last night on Facebook and had people basically trying to shame me for even mentioning it at all. Oh, my goodness. How dare I even pose a simple question about this topic? Well, you know, we are going to talk about this topic today because you know what? My question was whether or not it matters. Well, you know what? When I can't even post a simple question about the topic, you know what? It does matter. Maybe for all the wrong reasons. So Matthew Boyle whose name has been mentioned as a part of this story. And I'm talking about the alleged um, uh, affairs that Ted Cruz has had. We'll be on to talk about it. So I'm pleased to have him on. And then I've got my rounding out the show. The end of the show is a very special guest. Stay tuned for that. I'm not even going to tell you who he is. Big name. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Why did I not want to talk about this story that I'm kind of feel like 
I'm obligated to talk about? Because when I can't post a simple question without 200 immediate comments coming up about it, it's a story that needs to be talked about. But I didn't want to talk about it because it has just, as I have been talking about for a while, the nastiness between the uh, supporters of, of Cruz and Trump has just continued to get, I didn't, just when I didn't think it could get any, get any worse, it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And this weekend I got to thinking about an art, uh, an article that ran, I think, throughout the entire life of the publication, Ladies Home Journal, and it was called Can This Marriage Be Saved? I think it was the most successful feature they had, ran the longest in their publication. I grew up reading it as a kid and was so intrigued by it because it was like, you know, before Jerry Springer came about, it was like Jerry Springer in some ways without the cameras. It was Jerry Springer in print because, you know, same old story, you know, man and woman fall in love and they just don't see any differences with each other and they're just mad about each other and it's just going to you know, be happily ever after. And then, of course, as life goes on, um, the differences that they thought were non-existent or were minimal end up because of life and because of mistakes and missteps and because of sins and because we're all human and we're flawed and staying, you know, together in a partnership is very difficult, no matter how strong the love is. You know, so over time, you know, those little differences, boy, they end up bigger than amount of the unwashed laundry you're you're fighting over. You know, the fighting just gets gets even worse and worse and worse. Um, and as that pressure, you know, of life and the different missteps happen, what, you know, what ends up occurring is communication ends up breaking down. And then it's like everything becomes an argument. And then even little differences that you once thought was cute when you were dating. Now you can't even stand that. That like gets on your last nerve. You can, you are no longer capable as a couple of even having a conversation about the most minor petty of life's items without it being a complete breakdown of, you know, name calling and insults and just, just nasty to a really low place. So then that's so that's kind of how each story in, in you know, the, the marriage article began. And then in, of course, walks the counselor and she comes in <clears throat> and she listens to each of them. And she magically, you know, her goal, I guess, is to, you know, seek or his goal resolution and through compromise and trying to find common ground. And, of course, forgiveness and in love. And the counselor always asking, remember what you why you fell in love with each other in the first place. Right. Um, but then the, and then the couple continues to argue, well, why should I compromise? You know, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, he never, and then it's the back and forth of the insults and the accusations and this one's lying and, oh, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. And she spends too much money. Well, not any more than he spends on golf. And it's just uh, round and round and round. And it's a full circle of stupid, stupid. And I got to thinking about how that seems to be the cycle that we're in, in with conservatives. It seems as though, you know, we all came together supposedly and joined this party. We came together in a partnership because we supposedly had a shared love, a mutual love of each other in in respect because we came around a love of ideas, conservatism. And I think maybe in some ways we all thought we knew exactly what that meant. We either didn't see or we brushed under the rug certain differences or maybe those differences changed because we grew as people like married people grow. And but we expected to always stay on the same page. And now the differences are emerging with the choice of the nominee. And it seems as though people can't find not only can they not find any common ground with each other, but the bickering over everything from how the dinner was overcooked to who took out the trash last. I mean, complete minutia. And so much of this crap that's going on is minutia. 
it's the symptom of the problem. I mean, how many people really divorce over who loaded the dishwasher last? No, they divorce. That's just a symptom of a deeper issue. And when I look at the issues here of what's going on, it's not even really about who we're going to talk about the story because it has grown legs and it must be talked about. But I don't really think that all this fighting is really about really who struck first blood first over the wives and wife gate or any of that. To me, you know, I think it's really about a much deeper issue, you know, and there are some marriage issues that should absolutely be deal breakers, whether it's abuse and addictions and infidelity and that kind of thing. But sometimes, you know, there's other issues that shouldn't be a deal breaker, but they only become a deal breaker because there's a war that escalates with no end in sight until it ends up in divorce court. And that's where I think we are. Because if you really look at as after this Brussels attack, I started really paying attention to and a key thing to do is maybe maybe turn the TV off and just listen to the sound and, and stop being so focused on who's saying it and listen to the actual words. I heard very little differences in terms of what the differences I heard from Trump and Cruz, even on how to deal with radical Islam. The differences were in nuances. Seal the border. Destroy ISIS. Some really simple stuff. You look at the other issue that gave the majority to the Republican Party in 2014. They're both saying they want to repeal Obamacare. But it's as though we're bickering, we've lost sight of the bigger issues, and we're bickering over who took out the trash last. <clears throat> it, to me, the ultimate issue that started with the Never Trump crowd was really about whether or not, it's like a Jerry Springer episode, you know, there's always a paternity test. Well, it seems as though the mainstream media and the media elites and so many of the hardcore conservatives did a paternity test of Trump and decided he wasn't conservative enough. He did, that was his creds test. And then that, and it went from there. And now it's escalated and escalated to where we're bickering over who took out the trash. But it's really about core conservatism. And so, and that's why I say, if you really look at the key issues that we've got, I'm not hearing a tremendous amount of difference. Oh, you know, but well, Trump, he may be saying that now, but you know, Trump was a liberal in the past. Well, I'm hearing things completely different from Ted Cruz today, particularly when you look at the bringing in refugees and import and, and where he stands on immigration, completely different than where he was in 2014. So if I'm not allowed to trust that Trump is conservative today because he held a position 20 years ago that wasn't conservative, then I'm not allowed to consider what Cruz is saying today is valid because he held a different position on it two years ago. We're bickering. We're, oh, Heidi. Oh, you know, oh, but Trump never, after, after one press conference he did all day long, I heard about how he didn't really have a steak business. All of it is about ready to want me to jab a steak in my eyeball. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm ready to divorce everybody. I told somebody over the weekend, you know what? I'm literally at the point to where I don't even want to vote. Oh, he said, I said, no, I will vote. But I'm just telling you that that's where I'm at because I'm literally about ready. I am. The the war has escalated to the point to where I am ready to march on the courthouse's steps and divorce somebody because I just can't take it anymore. That's where I'm at. And you know what? When you have these couples that that are like this, and, you know, it always ends up, not always, um, you know, but, uh, you know, think of, think of uh, that, that movie, Waiting to Exhale, where she loads up his car with like, his whole wardrobe and she takes it out on the front lawn and pours gasoline on it and lights a match. That's what we're doing with the neighbors watching, videotaping it and putting it on YouTube and gloating all over it. Happy that what's going on in the hand-to-hand combat and the crap that's going on behind their own curtains, behind their own front doors, isn't being talked about. See, the neighbors enjoying what we're doing to ourselves and the destruction of what we're doing ourselves are the Democrats. That's really who we should be throwing some gasoline on a light and a match on. We're not doing that. No, we're, we're, we're blowing each other up over here. 
And there's many people that are doing that, escalating that war, just like in married couples, because they just want to win. And they don't care what they lose in the process. They don't care if they, they, they suffer or make their children suffer emotionally, financially, personally, professionally, all those different ways. They want to win. And for some people here, unfortunately, the win in the conservative movement is they want to be able to say they're right. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. They want to destroy whoever the nominee is, in this case, the leader being Trump. They want to destroy him. And then when he can't win in the fall, either because they've, they've made everybody so disgusted with him and beat on him all day long and the anti-Trump stuff, or they've gotten people to not go and vote, then they can say, see, he was never electable. And then they can pat themselves on the back that they, that they, they proved themselves right. I think what we need to do is I think that we need to listen to that counselor from Can This Marriage Be Saved, who's always trying to find common ground, always trying to find... I, I remember, it seems as though every time the, the article wrapped, it wrapped with a good resolution of common ground and people remembering why they fell in love in the first place and renewing that commitment to each other, at least making that attempt to do that, at least holding their fire while they try for reconciliation. And that's what I'm asking people to do. That's what I feel like I've been asking people to do. Otherwise, y'all just may have me, you know, in front of on on an episode of Divorce Court. Hey, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about something that's really what we all should be uniting around. And that's the war against radical Islam. Bridget Gabriel coming up. Don't miss it. Follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. So glad to have you all here with me. And my open tonight was, can this political marriage be saved based upon the longstanding successful article that ran for many years in Ladies Home Journal? It's just gotten really nasty between the Cruz and the Trump supporters. And, you know, while they're bickering over this and that and who took out the trash last, you know, we have the scourge of radical Islam all over the world constantly. And it's not just ISIS. Look what happened at Pakistan this weekend. You know, I asked this next guest to come on the show, the all-time fan fan favorite of the Andrea K. Show to come on today after the, the Brussels attack before I found out about the priest. 
on Good Friday, who was crucified, and before I found out that 70 Christians were killed in a terror attack in Pakistan. Joining me is none other than Bridget Gabriel, president of actforamerica.org and the author of They Must Be Stopped. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show, Bridget. Uh, thank you, Andrea. I'm delighted to be back with you. Oh, I, I, you know, I don't even know where to begin, Bridget. You know, after the Brussels attack, it immediately, everything became all about ISIS. And it, it, and all that was entirely the focus, as though the entire issue that we face is, is one, this one little group, this, which isn't necessarily little, but that that's the extent of it. And that if we just destroy them, yay, we've won. And I immediately flash back to President Obama coming out in 2012 saying, Bin Laden is dead, and Al-Qaeda's on the run, you know, war over, mission accomplished. And here we are. Here we are. And that's exactly the problem is because our government kept talking about Al-Qaeda and about ISIS as if first they started with Al-Qaeda. If we eliminate Al-Qaeda, all our problems are going to be gone. And now we have ISIS. And all of a sudden, you don't really hear them much talk about Al-Qaeda. Right now, ISIS is the nom du jour, the name of the day that everybody talks about. But because they are refusing to identify the ideology that bonds these radical Islamic together, that's why today we are facing terrorism or Worldwide. And by the way, what is perpetrating uh, this ideology is different groups coming with different names, regardless what color their skin is. For example, when you take Lashkar Taibi in India, or Boko Haram in Nigeria, or Al Shabaab in Somalia, or, or Ansari Sharia in Libya, obviously those are not ISIS, yet they act exactly like mm-hmm. ISIS because what bonds them with ISIS is the ideology. Absolutely. And in fact, this group that perpetrated this attack against Christians, specifically against Christians. You know, it took it took John Kerry and the Obama administration to, what, a week ago to admit that there was a genocide going on, on against Christians. I didn't right. hear him talk this weekend about it, but this group who perpetrated this is an offshoot. It's kind of a splinter group off of the Taliban because they kind of like a little bit of what's going on here with ISIS, and they have perpetrated... This is their fifth act of terror, and it's a, it's a name I hadn't even heard before. So, you know, to me, I have been saying forever on the show, Bridget, that they're they're all like fraternities. Like if you go to LSU where I went to school, you go up and down frat row, you're going to see about 50 different, you know, fraternities. And they might look a little bit different in one way or the other and party a little bit different, but they're all part of the same Panhellenic society. And that's what we've got here. And we have very, you're right. We have almost nobody in Washington willing to call out the ideology. I actually even had a, a, a former um, CIA operative and someone who was the head of the FBI's uh, Middle East Intelligence Division on the show last week. And he was kind of perplexed when I posed the question to him, what is the enemy and how do we defeat it? So I'm going to pose that question to you. The enemy is the ideology of radical Islam. Islam is a political is a is a political movement cloaked in religion. We need to start talking about what is driving them. I saw the op-ed that came out in the New York Times uh, over the weekend, and it talks about uh, or, or no, sorry, I think it was in Foreign Affairs, and it talks about how that Islam uh, the, the scripture is still the same, uh, even though Muslims change throughout the years, but the problem is, even though Muslims did not declare war all, you know, every single decade, they stayed quiet when they were weak and when they were strong, they committed terror attack. That has not changed through the centuries. Right now, they are empowered again. Unless we identify the religion itself and what's going on in the religion and the identity, the ideology within the religion, we don't have a problem with the spiritual side of Islam. You know, there's a spirit, spirituality is good in any religion to say, I want to live a good 
life. I want to obey God, whatever you call God. Um, I want to live a good person and I want to treat everybody the way I want to be treated because I want to make my life be the testament of what a good person I am. That we have no problem with. But when you start believing that you are superior to all other people and that your religion is superior to all other religions and that you should rule supreme throughout the world and those who do not agree with you should be killed, that's when we have a problem. And that's what our government and our leaders need to start identifying. And that is the political ideology of Islam and what the world needs to do to stop it. And at this point, the only answer is war. We can delay it. We can beat around the bush. We can try to ignore it. We can try to put our head in the sand. We're going to get to war sooner or later. The sooner we start on our term, the better we are and the better we will be in the long term because we're going to get into war. It's either going to be on their term or on our term. Right. We're talking to Bridget Gabriel, president of actforamerica.org and author of the book, They Must Be Stopped. When we talk about waging that war, Bridget, there's different ways to wage a war. One is through combat boots on the ground. One is a, a war of intelligence. One is a war of air power. And when we look at a political system that has a religious component, it makes it really hard to wage the intelligence war on the ground here in a nation that is based upon the freedom of religion. How do we, you know, wage that war when we can't separate the two? Because one of the things that I find interesting in every, um, like with the San Bernardino attack, is that we've got a mosque right here in San Diego that has been a key player in almost every act of terrorism that's happened here so far in America. But it's got the protections. They can be plotting and scheming. We can't. We've got a war that we need to fight right here, right now in our own country. And we can't because they have the freedom of religion as a cover. What do we well, do? We have no problem with religion. What we do have a problem with is imams calling for jihad against the United States and the overthrow of our democracy. That's what we have a problem with. And when our government knows that there is a mosque in the United States with imams preaching this type of uh, uh, preaching, they need to be deported immediately or arrested and interrogated. And the mosque needs to be cleaned out of any hate literature against the infidels or the overthrow of our government. This is what our intelligence community needs to do, and the intelligence community need to be able to infiltrate the mosque and listen to what these imams are saying. We're going to get to that point, Andrea. We, we are going to be forced to get to this point, whether we like it or not. Again, I say, the sooner we get to it, the better we are in saving our civilization. And again, it is not that we are against religion. We are not against religion. We are not against people building houses of worship. This is what made America great. People came here from all over the world to build whatever house of worship and to be able to pray freely to whatever God they want. Mm -hmm. We give them that freedom, but we do not give them the freedom to plot our destruction using the mosques and the holy places as a basis for their operation. Nothing in our constitution and nothing our founding fathers said that will give them permission to do that. Right. Well, and and we're actually, um, speaking of giving permission... You know, we're not only not doing what we need to be doing in terms of going into these mosques and, and investigating who is uh, propagating the notion of jihad right here on our soil. We're actually accommodating the, the mentality of appeasement and, a, and accommodation. When we look at what's happened in Europe, we see the takeover of Europe with, with a culture that can't coexist and will not assimilate. It's our way or the highway. And here we are in America allowing that to happen. People keep saying to me, oh, that's not happening here. We've got the U.S. Constitution. There's no such thing as creeping Sharia. I don't know if you heard about um, a, a, in, inside of a PBS article about how the St. Cloud, Minnesota school district is um, 
uh, accommodating a large Somali population. And what they're doing in the district's middle and high schools, Muslim students have access to private rooms with prayer rugs for five daily prayers, which interrupt in the middle of classroom time. Muslim kids have access to special lunchroom menus and other face-based perks not extended to students of other faiths. So not only are we not routing out and separating the peaceful aspect of it from the jihad, we're, you know, we're just letting them take over. We're accommodating them. We're allowing them to change our culture from within and, and accommodate little by little Sharia, are we not? Uh, that's exactly what's happening, and it's not only happening in Minneapolis, Andrea, it's happening all over the country. As a matter of fact, Act for America, my organization is now fighting a battle with a Kent school district in Washington state because they were basically banned pork from the school system because they did not want to offend the Muslims because few parents complained. So now they have a special menu, and they are enforcing that special menu, and when one of the parents complained, they said, well, they laughed at him, and they said, well, we have to do this in order for us to get government funding for the school and when he told them well what about the jews who have kosher requirements what about the catholics we are in lent this was a few weeks ago right. and they literally laughed at him but that's why we are organizing nationwide and we are stopping this so i encourage our listeners who are concerned about this happening nationwide go to our website actforamerica.org and get involved Absolutely. we named the organization act for america not think about america not wish for america not pray for america you can do all the above, but without taking action, nothing happens. Go to actforamerica.org and sign up to receive our action alerts. Absolutely. I got to tell you, Bridget, I was up at the Unite Inland Empire conference. Was it last Saturday or the Saturday before up in Riverside? And I met some people from your organization from different chapters around Southern California, and I was just blown away with the commitment and with the, with the common mindset that we had. And so thank you so much for mobilizing. Who do you thank like? You. Who do you like right now in terms of the presidential candidates and and what their vision is for fighting radical Islam. Well, you know, as the president of a nonprofit organization, I cannot endorse anybody and I cannot tell you my personal opinion of who I like. Okay. But what I can say is America needs a president right now. This next election is an election about survival, not only the survival of the United States, but the survival of Western civilization, because America is the superpower of Western civilization. We need a president who doesn't give a care whether the U.N. approves of us or not, whether the Europeans like us or not, whether we win hearts and minds of the Islam street. We need an American who puts America first and throws political correctness in the garbage and doesn't care who he offends. That's the type of president we need in the United States. Do you agree that we need to um, have um, a temporary ban on Muslims coming here? How do we deal? Let me rephrase it this way. How do we deal with not importing all of these when we're unable to vet? How do we deal with with the refugee crisis and other immigrants coming here from Muslim countries? Well, first of all, you cannot say we want to ban all Muslim immigration because simply you do not know who is Muslim and who is not. I mean, they can tell you I'm not a Muslim, I'm a Christian. How are you going to know? Right. But what we can do is immediately block any visas coming to the United States from countries that are harboring terrorism, like Libya, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Yemen, Iraq, Syria. I mean, I just said those from the top of my head. The least we can do is say, okay, we're going to halt all visas and all immigrants and all, all visitation 
from for anybody coming from these countries, period, until we figure out what's going on. And we can apply that to any country that is majorly involved in terrorism right now. That we can do. And it doesn't matter whether these people coming from Libya belong to whatever religion. They're not allowed to get into the country. You know what? That's an action that makes sense. It's common sense. I can't understand why anybody couldn't get behind it. And I love how you always take it back to actions. Bridget Gabriel. President of ActForAmerica.org and author of They Must Be Stopped. Thanks so much for being here, Bridget. Always an honor. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Andrea. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. All righty. We're going to take a break. We come back. We got to go to the other hot topic that's been on everybody's minds, even more than people have been talking about than, than the fact that we had a priest crucified on Good Friday. We had 70 Christians killed in Pakistan. I lift up prayers for the for the victims, for the families. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk to Matthew Boyle from Breitbart. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today 877-749-3533. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Wow! I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel good. You know what? I'm having a great time on the show in spite of the fact that I was kind of cranky when I came in to do the show tonight because, you know, I wrapped up last week's show, last Tuesday night show, uh, you know, basically saying this whole something was going on. Some wife gate situation was like breaking open. I was like something about Heidi and 
spilling the beans about Heidi and something about some ad running with Melania. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, this was, I think Brussels had just happened. And I was just, couldn't even believe that this is what was going on. And I just vowed that I wouldn't even go talk about it. Well, since then, this story has blown up. It's got, it's gotten deep and wide and tall and it's just exploding all over the place and then on top of it um, I decided to talk about it because when I posed a simple question about whether or not a tabloid story could hurt Ted Cruz immediately there was like 200 comments some of which attempted to shame me for even asking a simple question as to whether or not an alleged story in a tabloid was going to hurt a presidential campaign a blatant attempt to bully me and silence me. And I thought, well, you know what? That alone is enough reason to talk about this topic. And um, should it matter? I don't really know. I, I don't know that it really will matter. But to, to, to discuss it with me tonight is Matthew Boyle from Breitbart, who actually was on last Tuesday's show. I always have him on to talk about things that I think are really relevant, like who's got what delegates and what are the what are the exit polls saying? What are people really most concerned about? So anyway, Matt, welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Ah, uh, great, uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I don't even know where to begin because this is a story that I really didn't want to give any attention to for all the reasons that you just heard. I feel as though the fighting, had it been early on in the primary season, I might have maybe been a little bit more interested in it. But it's just, I was, before the story started breaking, I was already so sick and tired of the fighting going on between the, the crews and, and the Trump supporters and all this never Trump business. And, you know, just under so much attack that I couldn't even, you know, it, and it, I have been and I don't know what you're seeing out there. But for me, it's like and I haven't endorsed anybody. But the very absence of me giving a full throated, unconditional, unequivocal endorsement of one candidate. I'm I'm a haint. OK, might as well put a scarlet letter on myself. So I've already been kind of fed up with the whole situation before this broke. So I haven't really been following all the details of it. Supposedly now it's emerging something about um, in terms of the original ad, and you can help me through this. Now we're hearing that there was $500,000 paid to Carly Fiorina that somehow was connected to this woman who ran the Melania ad that somehow connected to this Flores woman who somehow is connected to Ted Cruz. It's like six degrees. Yeah, of, look, it's like six I, degrees I, of Kevin I'm, Bacon. I'm of the mindset that we really, really shouldn't go down this road until there, until or if more. Um, actual concrete evidence emerges. I, 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 you know, look, I do think it's a media story out there in that Ted Cruz was responding to it in a press conference in Wisconsin last week. But look, I, I, I'm a, I'm in the camp that like, I, I do think these things are news if and when actual evidence emerges of, uh, of, of these types of allegations. But at this point, there hasn't been any evidence. And I, I, I'm of the mindset that we shouldn't be going down this road. I really don't think it's smart for either Cruz or Trump go down this road. It, it really plays into the hands of the Washington establishment. In fact, we saw uh, Scott Walker, the governor of Wisconsin, which is the next contest coming up, uh, is Wisconsin, come out and admit the other day uh, that, um, that he thinks that if we head into a contested Republican nominating convention in, in Cleveland in July, that the nominee of party will be somebody who's not currently running for president. Oh, sookie, sookie. Sookie. Oh, now. John Kasich. That means Ryan oh. or something. So all of this division between the Cruz and the Trump camps only serves to benefit 
Hillary Clinton, the Democratic Party, and the Republican establishment that would rather see Hillary than Cruz or Trump. That's, and I you don't know, think the, it's smart for us to right. go down this road. I really don't. I kind of agree with you because, you know, I actually, if you listen to, to my open or heard it, I, I kind of was reminded this weekend of this because I, I refuse to talk about this story. And I got to thinking this weekend of this article that used to run in Ladies Home Journal, longstanding article, and it was called Can This Marriage Be Saved? And I got to thinking about all this fighting over this nonsense reminds me of that article and how, you know, couples start out in love and by the end of it, they just hate each other over every little thing and they can't even have the most minor discussion without it dissolving into insults and name calling, you know, and, and a pile of somebody's laundry, laundry being burnt on fire in the front yard. Meanwhile, you got the neighbors across the way eating it up and enjoying it because nobody's paying attention to what they're doing. And that's the Democrats here with this situation. Right. Yeah, they're enjoying it. Look, Hillary Clinton's right. enjoying this. Um, Bernie Sanders is enjoying this. The Democratic National Committee is enjoying this. The Republican establishment, the people that are trying to hope that, you know, the great white knight of the Republican establishment and the the pro-Obama trade and pro-amnesty Paul Ryan will somehow emerge as the Republican nominee at a contested convention are enjoying this. Look, I don't think it's smart for conservatives to go down the road of a scandal or allegations of a scandal without evidence. Um, now, and, look, I, and you know, and I'll be you know, honest. Rumors have been floating around out there for a long time. You hear these rumors about all sorts of different people. I mean, I've heard rumors about, you know, pretty much everybody running for president. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics on them, but I mean, that's my job. I work in Washington. I work in the political circles. I hear these things all the time. I do not pursue anything without actual evidence. There hasn't been any evidence. Well, in fact, your name was mentioned in an article, and I don't remember if it was Daily Caller or Daily Beast, who said that you were the one who actually was presented with something from, and it was not from uh, the Trump organization, and that that there wasn't enough there there, and so you didn't run with it. Actually, yeah, I know the article you're talking about. It was in the Daily Beast, but that, that, that that in and of itself was not accurate Not either accurate. um you know again it's it, we were never pitched a story by anybody never mind rubio allies on this thing i don't know if rubio allies were going to other media outlets but that's the word um, but i don't know and, yeah. and and i also happen to think one of the things i said to somebody on my thread was look i wasn't particularly happy that some allegations knocked herman cain out in 2012 why is the republican party but nobody nobody was upset that it was even discussed i mean it wasn't like you know somebody mentioning it that you know they were screamed at or yelled at, but, you know, which is kind of what's happening here. Um, but, you know, I think it's a mistake. I don't really care if somebody's you had know, an affair. To be honest with you, I don't care. Inaccurate media reports that circle around it. Again, that Daily Beast story is filled with inaccuracies. It's right. not the first time they've gotten stuff wrong about us, um, particularly, um, you know, I mean, there's been plenty of other times where they have. Look, that's what happens when you mm-hmm. have stories like this come out without facts. Is right. You have, all sorts of inaccuracies start being put out there by the mainstream media. And, and look, it's not helpful to the process. It just no. isn't. Now, look, if there ever was evidence, then we could reconsider it at that point. But, like, again, there's just... And I, even I, then, I why? What we Let need me... to do is we need to talk about jobs. We need right. to talk about the economy. We need to talk about national security. We need to talk about our border. Our border is wide open right now. Why aren't we yeah. talking about that? Because the mainstream media, the Republican establishment, and the Democratic Party wants us all talking about um, you know, war of the wives and a sex scandal. It's moronic. We should be talking about the border. We should be talking about our national security. Look, um, you know, there, there's a report out from Equality Now, which is not a conservative 
collective organization that walks through how there are half a million girls all across the United States right now who are at risk of female genital mutilation. Thank you. Because of the fact, because mm-hmm. of unbridled Muslim migration right. uh, into the United States. So this is a serious problem. We should be talking about that stuff, not about these dumb media contrived stories. Well, I'm with you there because, in fact, I let off my show after my open about, you know, fighting over this nonsense. And then I had Bridget Gabriel on, who you probably know of from Act for America, to talk about the, the biggest issue of the day for me. And that is, including I- immigration, is the war against radical Islam and the creeping mm-hmm. Sharia and the, the, the threat to us and our entire civilization going on with that. So to me, this is all nonsense. On top of the fact, not only is it not has not been proven to be true, I don't even care if it is. I don't care. I didn't care whether or not Herman Cain did anything with any other women. I don't care whether or not any of them really do. All I care about is, and and I guess I'm going to lose my conservative creds for saying that, and I'm not saying that the story is even true. I'm saying that I am with you and that we need to be focused on much bigger issues and the the ones that we face. And that means that I also don't want to hear about Trump's divorces in the past or whether or not he called Rosie O'Donnell an ugly name. Right. Again, what we should be focused on here is the issues of the day, the issues of importance. And, and what you're seeing right now, who's benefiting from this, this, this uh, you know, and look, I think both both candidates can't say, have taken it a little bit too far. Like, you know, one's pushing one way, one's pushing the other way. Everything gets personal. It gets in the gutter. I think they both need at least, we just had the Easter holidays. It's Monday now. Right. Maybe it's time to... Um, you know, start fresh heading into Wisconsin and then New York afterwards. Um, you what are you know, predicting really there? Back on the issues. What are you well, predicting? Wisconsin, Wisconsin polling is kind of all over the place. We just had a poll come out today showing Trump in the lead, Kasich in second, and Cruz in third. Though some polls came out last week showing Cruz in, the, in first. They're really all bunched up together there in the mid to high 20s. Um, in the in all the recent polling, so it's going to be a dogfight in Wisconsin down to the end here, mm-hmm. and then it's also a place where there, this is the first time we're really going to see um, that Republican establishment plan, that dastardly plan that they're cooking up behind closed doors to push Speaker Paul Ryan uh-huh. in as the establishment nominee at a contested convention because of the fact that uh, Ryan's from Wisconsin, and then mm-hmm. you saw obviously the governor of Wisconsin there, Scott Walker come out and uh, and basically let the cat out of the bag last week when he said that he thinks that at a contested convention, the nominee would be somebody uh, who's not running. Mm-hmm. So I think what we need to do here as, you know, as conservatives, as grassroots uh, uh, conservatives, is kind of look at the different candidates in the race and make a determination who can get to 1,237 delegates to prevent a contested convention. And then if somebody can get there, then that's the person to get behind. Because if somebody can't get there, voting for them is voting for a contested convention. Or right. yet at a contested convention, that's when you need to see all sorts of gamesmanship and Paul right. Ryan stepping in to try to steal the oh, election. Oh, Lord like have that. mercy. Oh, I hope that. Oh. Yeah. When you know what? He made it pretty clear that he really didn't dig the speaker position. So, you know, I think he, uh, you know, and he said at first he wasn't going to take that either because now he's saying, well, I really don't want to accept the nomination. Uh huh. 
I, I think you're yeah, absolutely well, we heard right. The same song and dance from him on his way right. to picking, being picked as vice president exactly. from Mitt Romney, then as Speaker of the House. I mean, again, it's the, it's a tired routine from Paul Ryan. Very tired. Uh, we're used to it. He, you know, he tries to play like he's the victim and he's the, you know, the, the last resort of the party. Oh, that's I didn't really want to do this. They dragged me along. Now, meanwhile, yeah, no, what, yeah, and while all this bickering is going on about wives and all that stuff, we got Bernie Sanders. I mean, he destroyed Hillary this weekend from Washington to Hawaii and beyond pushing this story because they don't want to talk about the fact that Bernie Sanders actually has a shot at the Democratic nomination. His five wins out of six contests in the last week really put him back in contention. A lot of people, including myself, had kind of written him off. Um, But to be honest with you, um, I, I think after last week, you know, you might even see some of these super delegates uh, who are the party insiders on the Democrat side mm-hmm. start to consider shifting sides and going from Hillary to Bernie. And if that starts happening and then there's a movement and a wave in that direction, then you could really, really see um, you could really, really see Bernie have a, uh, you know, a big surge of momentum and actually emerges the nominee. And that's something the media doesn't want to talk about because most of the people in the media are in the tank for Hillary. That's right. And, and then, and I actually thought this was all kind of a little bit of coincidence in, in the timing that you've got Bernie Sanders just killing it all over the place at around the same time that Obama floats out there, you know, that, you know, socialism, capitalism, not a whole lot of difference between the two. Just pick whatever works. I mean, it's like softening the mark. They're preparing us for that. And the GOP, we're not even addressing it. I have not heard in one debate, even even the best ones that were done with Fox News and, and Sandra Smith and, and Neil Cavuto and Maria Bartiromo, really in, in explanation to the American people why socialism is a complete failure and disaster everywhere it's been tried and the value of free market capitalism. Romney failed at doing it in 2012, and I'm not hearing that so much right now. And, you know, we better yeah, keep our eye on the enemy. In terms of detailing why socialism is bad. If anything, they're plotting out this contested convention crap uh, mm-hmm. ahead of Cleveland. And you know what? That's just moronic. The Republican Party is so interested, that those in the Republican establishment, in keeping control. What they should be doing is detailing for Americans why socialism is so dangerous right. and why it's so bad. And, and instead, they're just letting this happen. While they, crazy. You know, they, they you know, have parties in Washington with, mm-hmm. you know, free cocktails yeah. on yeah. Capitol Hill. And not even mentioning the fact that up not too far from me, there was a fundraiser you know, with uh, pay three hundred fifty something thousand dollars, and you get to sit at a table with George and you know I don't know her name. One Una Brow. What's her name? The his wife with the one, the Uno Brow. George Clooney's. Oh, I'm all or Amelia or somebody. Anyway, hey, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for um, clearing up a whole lot of crap about that story. And that we need to keep it on policy and on issues. And really, if we do that, we win. That, that's that's yeah. the crazy part. We win if we keep it on that. So thank you, Matt Boyle, for being here. Yep. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, peeps. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. I have a very special guest on the line for you. None other than Bubba Bill Clinton. That's right, babies. Stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up on the other side of the break. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. 
proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 you're listening to the Andrea K show on AM 1170 the answer welcome back to the Andrea K show baby I need your loving doesn't that sound like a song that a certain former president might have sang at some point to some ladies he's from that generation here fortunately with enough distance between the two of us fortunately not in studio with me is none other than Bubba. Bill Clinton. Oh my God, it is quite an honor to be on your show, Andrea. <laughs> you sound delicious. <laughs> the honor I really is you do. Oh, thank you. I'm under the covers right now. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> well, where I are you? I love that song. <laughs> well, um, I'm at an undisclosed uh, location. I'm at a motel. Oh, no. And uh, I'm actually shagging up with... Uh, uh, a young lady, her name is Rita. She's a meter maid. And uh, I'm sure you heard about the Cuban mistress crisis hashtag. I know they were blaming Ted Cruz, but in truth, uh, it's really about me. <laughs> I, I well, couldn't be out of the news so, more than a week. I know, Bill, I don't even believe it. All those stories, all those years, it was all lies, wasn't it? Not entirely. Uh, I mean, I've lied about a few things we all have. I mean, look at Hillary. She lies all the time. Uh, but in truth, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to deny certain things when they happen. And, uh, you know, I, I just I have a very, very strong sexual appetite. I just do. I mean, I mean, I am. What am I? Sixty nine years old. Uh, you don't feel, look a day over sixty eight, though, Bill. Oh, you're too kind. God, I could hug you right now and do other things, but I'd rather not because I might go to jail. Uh, Now, what Uh, do you think? we got to talk a little politics in the few minutes that we have left on the show today because your wife, Hillary, she is up against a force of nature. Talk about a sexy man himself, Bernie Sanders. Oh, there's nothing sexy about being a socialist. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I'm going to say this. Um, if, if Bernie wants to go negative on Hillary, I have got some major dirt on Bernie, and I'm going to give you an exclusive right here on the Andrea K show. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to start off by saying, if you recall, remember when uh, Hillary was the one who revealed that picture of Obama in a turban? Yes. And uh, kind of reminded me of a Kenyan geisha girl. <laughs> uh, I mean, just the way he looked, and or she, or whatever you want to call it. And uh, but, you know, we didn't win the election, but at least we let the American people know that there's a difference between Hillary and and Barack. And we know that Hillary's she's a local girl, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But getting back to uh, 
Bernie. Bernie. Mm-hmm. There, there was a picture of him being arrested in the early 60s that surfaced. Well, there's more to it than meets the eye. And uh, in truth, uh, Bernie was arrested that day, not for civil rights, but because he was cross-dressing. <laughs> and the cops had to undress him, remove the makeup. He went by the name Dona Berenice. <laughs> And that was his, uh, or Miss Berenice in Spanish. He was a big fan of I Love Lucy. And he used to dress up like Lucy mm-hmm. and dance to Ricky Ricardo's music back in the early 60s. Mm-hmm. So that that really was, was uh, the truth of the... Was Go that, ahead, I'm sorry. Well, was that before or after his manifesto in which he, in which he said that women fantasize about being raped? Oh, that was pre-1972. Oh, I heard your entire show. It, it was really something. So uh, that, that picture, we're, we're going to release the real pictures of Dona Berenice, a.k.a. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, if he wants to continue going negative on Hillary. Right. Now, I did listen to your show last week, and I heard Bernie Sanders, and there's something that he did neglect to mention in regards to the fecal tax. Oh, okay, you please. You see, the real name of that uh particular act that he'd like to pass was called the creation of revenue added principle and if you spell it out it's called crap because (laughs) that's really what it is and it's also co-sponsored by none other than sherrod brown Uh, oh there's a surprise Uh, with a name like brown he would uh, co-sponsor the crap tax (laughs) so it does make you wonder yeah One thing I will say, you know, I did mention the legacy of eight awful years, Mm -hmm. and uh, everyone knows about that because uh, even Chelsea uh, mentioned it while, uh, you know, Barack was uh, getting cozy there with, uh, who who is it, Mr. Castro down in Cuba smoking a stogie or two um, or doing other things. I just don't want to repeat on the air. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, So... You know, she's right. Chelsea's right. Because, you know, it was Hillary who came up with Hillary Care. Oh, and yeah. I can tell you what, Obamacare, everyone's premiums have gone up. Uh, people are losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got uh, jobs leaving this country in droves. It's pretty frightening. And I'm, I'm going to say this, and I know I might offend a few people in the LGBTFU community, but, you know, Caitlin has more than Obama. I'll go on record as saying that. And it's true because, uh, you know, she, you know, I may not agree with her politics, but at least she's got a brain intact mm-hmm. and she knows right from wrong. And, you know, yeah, I know she may not be a big fan of, of my wife, but well, not many people are. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fact is, uh, I think Obama's just caused uh, irreparable damage to our country. Well, I agree so, with you, but we got to leave it there. Y'all heard it first from former President I Bill Clinton. Wanna, can I finish one thing in closing? In 20 uh, seconds or less. 20 seconds. Uh, we have an advantage over Bernie. We have 69 super delegates <laughs> that are going to put Hillary over the top. And yes, I do feel the math. And Bernie <laughs> shall too. All righty. Thank you, Bill, for being here. You go rest up. And warm up. Uh, Get a blanket sure over will. you. All righty. Uh, uh, all right. You. God bless you too, Bill. And God bless you all for joining me tonight on the Andrea K. Show. I had to bring a little levity back to the show because it has just been too serious and too too much nasty going on. You know, thank you all for, for um, continuing those friends of you. I got to say, you know, um, a lot of people are talking about being blocked out there on Facebook. You guys, my core peeps, uh, still, even though we fight, even though we bicker, even though we might disagree at times, 
I want to give a hat tip out there to those of you who don't agree with me, but keep joining me every Monday and Tuesday night here at 8 o'clock on AM 1170. Also, stay Facebook friends with me. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Go to my website, andreakshow.com. I'm going to be posting a blog about tonight's intro. Can this political marriage be saved? Let me know if you think it can. And I want to thank you all for staying buds and staying tight in spite of it all. Have a great night, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.